This is uh, the coach. I'm the new coach. Afraid so, dude. And uh, you are here on the Sports Slack Line Flames Friday. The coach will be filling in on the Slack Lines on Fridays from now on. Uh, the boss is taking a break, and he is in the booth, uh, running the uh, running the the sound equipment and all that fancy stuff that the coach doesn't know how to do. So the coach is out here, and he is talking at you. He is talking about flames. He is talking about hockey. He is talking about, well, that's pretty much it. But that's what we're going to be talking about out here. Uh, and so you better sit down. You're going to listen, and uh, you're going to hear what I have to say. For those of you that don't know who I am, I am the coach. Uh, I spent uh, 1989 to 1998 uh, in Yugoslavia coaching the Yugoslavian league. Uh, really, what was that? Yugoslavia is not a place anymore. What? You know, I, I've just been sitting here. I've just been watching sports for the last 30 years. Uh, I didn't know that Yugoslavia wasn't a place anymore. What, 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 what do you mean it's not a place anymore? What, it's not there? It's been broken up into different places? Well, this is not this type of show. Okay, we're, we're, we'll move on. We'll move on. It doesn't matter. I guess I would have coached in what would now be... Uh, let's look at the map here. Uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina uh, is where I would have coached. Uh, I was the head coach out there, and so uh, I know what I'm talking about. You guys can all listen to me, and you guys can all hear what I have to say, and uh, maybe you'll learn a little bit of something. Uh, so I, I just got finished watching the Flames game, and uh, I gotta say, it looked a lot better than they did against Vegas. It looked a lot better than they did against Vegas, uh, but uh, but I mean they're still playing Arizona. Arizona, you know, they're bottom of the team, they're bottom of the heap. And uh, and uh, you just got off a huge loss in Vegas by putting in no effort. You come out, you put a little bit of effort in against Phoenix. Uh, nobody in the fucking place. The only people there to cheer are the cheer on the away team. Uh, not a very inspiring place to go play. Uh, but uh, but the Flames go in there and they pull out a win. Uh, positives to take away from the game. I uh, like to see the first line uh, getting a little spark again. They put uh, they put Sam Benny, Sam Bennett up there with uh, with Johnny Hockey and uh, and boring Sean Monahan, and uh, and they go ahead and they and they they get a few points each. Uh, like to see that. Like to see the power play rolling uh, again, even if it is against AZ. Uh, it's always good for the team to get a boost. Um, something I'd like to mention. That Ronaldo hit on uh, on Maddie's stage in there. Good guy, great guy, Canadian boy. Uh, takes a dirty, dirty hit to the head, and uh, and Ronaldo has to answer the bell to a good Michael Furland, uh, dropping the mitts and and showing him what's up. Uh, he gave him a little shot, extra shot on the ice. Normally, I'm not a big fan of that type of play, but uh, Ronaldo, man, he he caught Matt staging with that nasty elbow, and uh, and uh, you can't have that. You can't have that. That's just uh, pure dirt. Don't like to see that. It's bullshit. And I'm glad that uh, glad that he answered the bell there. So uh, so with a good game from Bennett up on the top line, the question can become uh, what uh, what to do about Bennett Furland. 
do you uh, do you keep them where they are? I'd say that you do. Uh, I'd say that Furland is better built for that spot on the third line anyways, driving the energy down there, uh, making the space for uh, for Jankowski and uh, and Hathaway, those young those young guns ripping around down there. They're familiar with each other from the AHL. And uh, and Ferland played a little bit with those boys too, so uh, it'd be nice to nice to reunite them, see if they can get a little magic going, and uh, and you can keep your top uh, top offensive players at the top of the lineup. Um, you know, it sure would be nice if if Sammy Bennett was right-handed, but uh, but we'll go with this for now. Normally, uh, normally I'm not a big uh, proponent that you need to be the proper hand to be playing on the proper side. Uh, I think uh, you're an NHL player. You should be able to play both sides. I mean, come on. It's, uh, you can't take a pass on the backhand. It's got to be ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, left w- left-handed player playing right wing, right-handed player playing left wing, lefty, righty. It doesn't really matter. shouldn't make that much of a difference. But, but, the Flames, the right wing depth uh, is not great even as it is. And their only actual right-handed right wingers are Hathaway and, and Brower. Um, neither guys that you're going to be ha- having as trigger man on the power play. People keep talking about the magic of, putty du- du- of putting Dougie Hamilton on the power play finally. Um, forget that he's your top offensive talented defenseman. Um, he's also your hardest right-handed shooter. Uh, why don't you put him out there all the time? Uh, it's not an accident that the, that the, po- that the power play sees an upt- uptick as soon as you get a lethal right-handed shooter on that offside uh, ready to pound a few home. So again, uh, not not a big proponent of right-handed, left-handed, and and how important it needs to be. But the Flames are so short on right-handed shooters right now that uh, that they could really benefit from a really uh, really hard, lethal shot on the right side, uh, being able to take that uh, take that off-wing shot uh, on the power play, and and be able to to bury teams, you know, with a strong power play because it's an important thing if you want to make a run in this league. I think we can all agree on that. The goalie situation, okay? Let's talk about the goalie situation. You had Riddick. He played He played great. He was looking good. Uh, a few starts in a row and he starts to fade. I mean, that, that's got to be expected. He's a young guy, hasn't had a lot of experience. Um, and, and to be frank, the team, team's team been shitting the bed in front of him. The, the team's been shitting the bed in front of him. Can we, can we argue with that? Uh, you know, I watched the game against Vegas, most of it. Uh, I didn't really see a lot of goals that I could say Riddick should have had. A lot of deflections, a lot of tough things to find. Um, that said, uh, you're not going to win if you let in seven goals. And so uh, I was happy to see John Gillis get the start today. Uh, always been a fan of Johnny Gillis. Uh, good American boy, NCAA guy, national champion. Uh, love to see that pedigree on the team and the prospect rankings coming up. And uh, I've always maintained that... Uh, he was the long-term uh, that he was the long-term solution and goal for the Flames, and and I still maintain that. I think that he will. I think that he'll emerge as the as the top-end guy out of these uh, few youngsters that they have coming up in in Parsons and and Gillies and and Riddick. You know, uh, they all uh, they all sound pretty good. Uh, they all got are at different stages of development. Uh, Riddick and Gillies are kind of kind of uh, shot for shot right now. Uh, we'll see who who uh, who makes it through the clear. I, I I imagine one of them is traded by next year. Uh, one of them's got to separate themselves and, and prove to the Flames that that they're the one that they want going forward, playing behind Mike Smith for next season, uh, which I'm totally comfortable with, and maybe even a season after that. Who knows? We'll see how Smith is going. 
you know, uh, goalies take a while to come through this league. And, and, uh, and as far as goalie age is concerned, Gillies and Riddick, they're still young. And Parsons is still miles away. All right, I want to shift a little bit to the penalty calls. Haven't been happy with the refing in the NHL over the last few years. Really, really uh, frustrating to see. Uh, really, really tough to figure out what's, what the hell's going on out there. Nobody knows what a call is anymore. You hook, you hold, you slash, uh, you punch a guy in the face. It's all the same. It's not. It is. Uh, what do you do? What do you say? Uh, there's a lot of yelling at the refs as guys go off, and I can't blame them. Last couple games I watched the Flames. A few times I was screaming at the TV myself. Uh, a couple of those hooking calls, I just don't get it. I don't. Uh, yeah, it's tough for me as a guy who spent 10 years as a defenseman in the outdoor Austrian league. I can tell you, uh, it, it's really frustrating when a good defensive play uh, ends up getting called a penalty because those are the things you pride yourself on. And uh, and when somebody tells you that it's not right, that you've done something wrong, then you're in the box for it and you got to feel the shame for it. Uh, you know, it, it, it makes your blood boil because now you put your team down uh, and you didn't deserve it. Uh, in fact, you deserve the opposite. You deserve praise. And I think that uh, that these refs have to start recognizing or start uh, figuring out the line between good defense and, and a hook and a hold. Uh, it's almost like there's no place for flat-footed stay-at-home defensemen anymore in this league. Come on, give me a break. Uh, I was watching the Vegas feed for the for the Vegas game, and, and they were they were complaining about the Monaghan stick lift that launched uh, what's-his-nuts uh, stick up into the air. And uh, I think it was Eakin. And then he ended up uh, having the goal bounce in off of him and, and they're complaining, thinking it should have been a slash. I've never seen that called for a penalty in my entire life. Hang on to your stick, kid. Hang on to your stick. All right? You know, you got one hand. Monahan's trying to create a, a passing lane for his boy, Johnny G. And, and, and uh, pfft, hang on to it, bud. All right? You can't, uh, you can't just, uh, you know, go flopping around your stick, letting go of it whenever somebody taps it, and all of a sudden it's a, it's a slashing penalty. No, 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 it can't happen. But it is Vegas. Uh, I'm not sure who is doing the color commentary. I assume they got people who uh, who know what's going on. Um, but uh, and, and so you can understand if the if the fans, you know, non-traditional hockey market, if they don't know that uh, that that's never called a penalty. I've ne- I don't think I'm pretty sure in the rule book it says a downward slashing motion. Um, I've never seen somebody called for a slash that way. Maybe maybe on sportsmanlike, maybe interference. I could even get on board with those, but it's definitely not slashing. All right, let's move on uh, to the uh, the trade deadline. Big news coming up, the trade deadline, the great Canadian holiday. Uh, lots of big news flying around. A few trades are already popping up, kind of minor deals. Grabner just moved today. Uh, that's an interesting one, uh, but, but that's probably as interesting as it's going to get, to be honest. Uh, all these trades are happening before the deadline, uh, I hate it when people don't refer to these trades as deadline deals. Like they have to be on the fucking day in order to be a deadline deal. That makes no sense to me. A guy does a trade like a couple weeks or even a few days before the deadline, and you hear people talking about like, "Nah, that's not really a deadline deal." Yeah, it is. You fucking idiot. All right, it's before the deadline. You know, almost immediately before it, it bolstered your team before the playoff push. That's what a deadline deal is doesn't have to be on the day these media types they're the ones that created this whole hype around this one fucking day and uh and now they get caught with their finger in their ass when nothing actually happens and let's face it it's not going to be exciting anymore gms are starting to catch on 
that the that the deadline is a crapshoot and that you're not going to give up a bunch of futures for a few months of uh of a, of a decent player god forbid a washed up player who's riding on their name a la rick nash the interesting one for me is carlson i mean that is a top end player it, it, that's a top end player if i don't know one so uh it'd be interesting to see what type of deal he's getting i heard they're trying to package him with bobby ryan i think that would be the stupidest thing in the world why would you devalue your best asset just so you could get rid of a shit contract that makes no sense so trade carlson on his own get a good deal for him if you have to eat bobby ryan fucking eat bobby ryan and uh, you know, going back to Vegas, they have an interesting thing coming up. I mean, they were supposed to be terrible, and they're awesome. The top of the league. Well, what are you gonna do about that as an expansion team? You wanna you wanna build your assets. They got a tiny asset base, uh, but you you're catching lightning in a bottle with a great season. Uh, you wanna make a good showing for your fans who have been so supportive for the first year. Uh, what are you gonna do? What are you, you going to go out and you're going to try to get an Eric Carlson? You're going to give up a bunch of futures? You're going to absorb a Bobby Ryan and hope he can he can he can uh he can relive uh rebuild what he was doing back in Anaheim and and maybe maybe with a push towards the playoffs he can he can reignite his his uh his Olympic caliber play, who knows. But it will be really interesting to see what Vegas does. I think I think that they hold um, I don't think they want to be giving up a whole bunch for for Eric Carlson, but who knows? Who knows? I uh, I also think the Flames hold uh, unless they can somehow get an actual right-handed shot somewhere. Uh, I don't see what their what their options even are, and even if they if the if there even was a like a couple decent right-handed shots available, which there are. The uh, the flames just don't have the ability to to add assets to it. They just don't have the ability to get it. So uh, so I think you gotta play the play the waiting game a little bit. The flames they uh, maybe maybe the draft comes around and there's deals to be had. Uh, but I think for now, unless Tree Living can pull off something really fantastic and really wizardry, then uh, then I don't see the flames doing anything until maybe maybe the draft. Or uh, or into next season, but uh, I see them trying to make a hopeful push with uh, with the the team they have now. They're gonna be getting Chris Steve back, and uh, maybe I don't know what's what's the deal with Mike Smith. Are they gonna get him back? I don't know, but uh, uh, not exactly comfortable. Don't think that Gillies and and Riddick are gonna get you to the playoffs right now necessarily. But I don't want to be going out and spending a bunch of assets for goalie that we don't need long term. It doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. Uh, we have uh, there's there's windows here. It's not just one season. The core is young. Uh, I thought that the season was gonna go better than it has. It could still pick up, but uh, but we're building for for the next five, six, seven years. Um, we can't be be throwing decent young players away, decent young prospects away for 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 a short period of a of a of an okay goalie who is you know maybe not even justifiably better than what you got as as prospects so uh what are you gonna do about that i don't know um uh, and you already got mike smith who's an aging guy and he's playing fantastic and he'll probably play fantastic next year and maybe even the year after that who knows maybe he gets a one or two deal out of the flames 
um, because uh, because the young guys aren't quite there yet. But I'd hope at the end of year two by Smith Steele, one of Riddick or Gillies or Parsons even, uh, although he'd, be, he'd still be young at that point, ha- have established themselves. All right, one last thing. I've got to get in a little Oilers dig. Uh, Mr. Taylor Hall he came out guns a blazing earlier on this week uh, chatting about his time in Edmonton. Uh, he said some pretty interesting things uh, that opened a lot of eyes to how things really went there uh, while he was uh, while he was under their tutelage. Uh, the full quote from him, I think I played on some pretty bad hockey teams, if you want me to put it bluntly. You get drafted number one overall, and it comes with the territory the first couple seasons. Then after that, it's kind of like, okay, what are we doing here? And uh, he goes on. Just in Edmonton, I really didn't want to talk to coaches. I really didn't want to have dialogue with coaches. I just wanted to play, and a lot of guys are like that. Uh, you know, I think this shows, it shows, uh, it just throws shade on on the Oilers organization as a, a group that couldn't bring up young players properly, but it, and it also throws shade uh, on Hall himself uh, as a guy who wasn't willing to be coached, wasn't willing to listen, uh, but uh, he seems to have figured that out now. Uh, you know, he's playing well, uh, you know, taking shots at your old team. People might hate that a little bit. I kind of like it. I don't think there's enough emotion in hockey after the game ends. I think uh, I love to hear these players. I love to hear these players speak their mind. I think the young guys are more interested in it. They're more used to being publicly accessible through like the social media and stuff. They're used to having their opinions heard. And so guys like uh, it's nice to he, even on the flames we have a guy like Chuck who's uh, who's always speaking it from the heart and he's telling it like it is. And uh, and those are the types of guys that I think you want on your team. So uh, Hall. You know, I used to I used to think that uh, I I wouldn't want him on my team uh, even if you gave him to me for free, but uh, after a couple of years in in New Jersey and uh, and learning how to how to be a little bit more coachable, I definitely take him, of course. Um, uh, so I guess that's where we're gonna stop for today. Uh, the boss is giving me the signal to get the fuck out of here. Uh, this has been the coach. I'm the new coach. <laughs> For the Slack Line Flames Friday, uh, hockey talk, sports talk, Flames talk, and uh, and whatever kind of talk you want. Uh, again, uh, you have been listening to the coach, and uh, we will talk to you next Friday. I hope everybody has a good day, good weekend. Bye for now. To keep me here right, well I'm a man, a man on fire. Watch me burn, watch me burn to this heart don't desire. Well, I'm a man, a man on fire.
Cause I'm a man